This episode is brought to you by our Hosting Handbook mini course. Whether you already started hosting your first Airbnb or you're still trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can, this course is the ultimate cheat sheet. It can transform your hosting from hobby to business. Get our coveted templates that include your welcome book, a turnover handbook, and supply closet spreadsheet, plus other great bonuses you don't want to miss. Our hosting handbook is usually priced at $2.97, but for a very limited time, you can get all of this for a special price of $27. Head to www.thanksforvisiting.me forward slash hosting handbook to get instant access. Now on to the show. You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hello, I am Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant, and together we are... Thanks for visiting. <laughs> We're going to start off this show like we always do. Sarah, what are we going to do? We're going to STR Share Sunday it. It's yes. a verb now. It is. It is. Uh, for If you are new to the show, again, that's hashtag STR Share Sunday. And STR stands for short-term rental. And we like to highlight someone that has used the hashtag because we're all about sharing your space and living your dream. And this week on the show, we are sharing at the Lodge on Clear Lake. And this one's special because they are brand new to hosting. And they're already using our hashtag and listening to the podcast. And they've got their Airbnb live. And as of right now, April 2020, they've got three reviews up, all five stars. And it's just the cutest uh, cabin on a lake. And Annette, I mean, they're in. They're in Minnesota, right? Yes. Watkins, Minnesota. And something that stands out to me just about this place, um, in their in their profile, fishing. They have ice and fly fishing, kayaks, bonfires, family time, dive bar, ski hills, hunting. I think it is the first time I've really seen a Four Seasons lake house where they're highlighting <sighs> winter activities for example, ice fishing all the way to kayaking in the summer. And I just love that. And I think that's a, I'm pretty sure they probably use the house a lot too. But I, I really love that they're sharing the space for, for all seasons because I'm just used to lake houses being more of um, a spring and summer tradition more so than year round. So I'm excited. I'm excited they're going to be welcoming guests all year round. No. They're rock stars. And it is hosted by Jessica, who I'm looking at the about this host section of Airbnb. And listeners, here's a great tip for you. If you haven't filled out who you are as a host, do that now. Do that today. People like staying with people who they feel like they know, like, and trust. And if they see your photos, they love what you're about, they love your location, they love your amenities, and they go check you out and they feel like they can trust you and that you're professional and that you care and you kind of open up a little about who you are outside of being a host, that's going to be a win-win all around. And so I know just from reading Jessica's little bio that she's a busy mom of three boys. She's a realtor in the West Metro area, I believe of the Minneapolis area. And she's stayed at Airbnbs all over the world. So she's excited to be a part of the adventure of being a host. So Jessica, really well done. Your cabin's adorable. Good luck on this adventure. You're going to kill it. You're already doing the right thing by tuning into the podcast and engaging with other hosts. And we can't wait to see everything your Airbnb becomes. Oh, Sarah, I, I caught something right as we were wrapping that up that caught my eye. Two yeah. things. In her, the neighborhood section, 
She specifically puts, because it is a lake community, I love this. She puts, she has many full-time neighbors. What a great way for me to know, hey, they live here year-round. I need to respect that. And then the second thing that I saw, I love that she has this the city where she's in. She put their website up. And then also a boat and jet ski rental place. And I, I just thought that that was really smart to actually go ahead and link to things that people might want to do while they're there. But I love many full-time neighbors. So listeners, that's another quick tip. Put that in your profile so you're already letting your guests know about uh, your neighbors and how much you care about them. All right. Thanks for get, using the hashtag, yeah. Jessica. Let more people use it. Let's, let, us, let us meet you via the Instagrams. It's so much fun. And let's get on to the show, Sarah. Sounds good. All right. I am more than pumped for this episode. I know we like always say that, but this one feels, I don't know, just close to home because we have just a fellow female entrepreneur who is obsessed with hospitality and design. On today's show, we have Steph, the owner and CEO of Epic B&B. I mean, I'm obsessed with that name. A mm-hmm. Nashville-based hospitality company specializing in design, short-term rental management, and consulting Steph, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know we've we've kind of messaged here and there, and I'm just really stoked to be here and chatting with you guys. Yeah, we're taking it from yes. Instagram to the airwaves. <laughs> we're just getting closer and closer. <laughs> yeah. All right, listeners. I know we say this all the time, but if you are near your computer or your phone, please go to Epic B and B on the Instagrams, and I think. Um, if you can check that out while we're talking to Steph, you'll get a very visual uh, experience of what type of design and the type of property that she prepares for an amazing guest experience. So check her out while we're while we're on the show here. Yay, All right, you. Steph. So <laughs> why don't you give our, you have a great story, and I know you kind of. Um, you shared it with us in our onboarding information, but I, I just love it when a when a guest shares their story from just like your perspective of how you how the heck you got into this business, and not only just hosting, but you have a pretty substantial business in a great city that is no stranger to travelers and tourists. So, can you give our listeners the like before you got into this, what you were doing, and then how you got into this and to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we can all agree that we have no idea where we're going to be in five, 10 years. Like we just, especially when, you know, when you're, when I was starting out, uh, graduating high school and going to college and, you know, who, who really knows what, what's going to, you know, unfold in the future. So going way back, I, you know, I was, I was with Starbucks for over 10 or well, actually almost 10 years. Um, I started fresh out of high school and I maintained that job while going to the Fashion Institute of Design in, in uh, Los Angeles. And I actually went for uh, interior design. So I didn't really use that for the longest time. But what I was learning is I was also learning how to manage you know, a Starbucks store. And I actually at a really young age became an assistant manager and uh, then a store manager. I think at 23 years old, I was way too freaking young. They should not put me in that position (laughs) because I was still learning how to be a leader. And I I, I didn't know honestly how to be a leader. I was a really great worker. I love hospitality. I, you know, dotted my I's, crossed my T's and I was, I was really good at, you know, I, I have integrity and everything that I do. But yeah, so just, you know, in my 20s, that's what really kind of what I did. I had this design degree. I was always artistic and I loved interior design. But then, you know, just I really needed my benefits. And then I became a manager and I was kind of in that, you know, hospitality. You know, I I don't know who knows anything about Starbucks, but it's such a well-oiled machine. And even though I learned business in school as well uh, in the interior design world, you, you can't, I mean, there, there's nothing better than, you know, having hands-on experience. And, you know, I learned so much from working there, um, just about systems and routines and how to be efficient and then how to actually be a good leader, you know, and how to lead a team, inspire people to actually want to do good work. Um, and so that's kind of really, honestly, where I really feel like my roots are in design and also just, you know, learning how to grow a business and how to lead a team. It really stemmed from there. So fast forward a little bit down the road in my later 20s, I was like, hey, I'm not going to be a Starbucks lifer. I've always wanted to own my own business. I love Starbucks. It was great. It taught me a lot of things. But you know, I, I, 
I entertained, you know, maybe opening up a coffee shop or I really wanted to be my own business owner. So um, in between jobs, I, uh, I had a couple, you know, other management jobs here in Nashville. I was a, a recording studio manager. I was like, oh, maybe I want to get in, in the music industry. Actually, what brought me to Nashville from LA, I was, I was in a band, but that, that eventually fell through. And I just, I just stuck to my, my business knowledge um, and my, my management experience. So I did a little, you know, manager recording studio. Um, was the face of that studio and w- greeting, you know, people for recording sessions. And then, you know, it was a great job, but I, I really wanted a little bit more pay. And I just I was still figuring things out after Starbucks. Um, and then I got this job as an executive assistant to a serial entrepreneur. He had many businesses, and I was helping him kind of, you know, run communications and, and run those businesses. And one one of the little things that he had, it wasn't even really a business that he had. It was like, hey, on top of all these things you're helping me with, I also have these three Airbnbs. At that time, I didn't really know what it was. This was back in 2014, maybe. I had heard about it, but and he's like, hey, I need you to help me manage these. And he really was for the, the three properties, not not a bad guy at all. I just didn't know back then. It was just like a hundred bucks to manage three properties. I was like, sure. Like, I'll Wait, a hundred bucks and... a month? <laughs> Ish. It was... It we got to start kind somewhere of like... in it. Okay. This, it was... Yeah. This serial entrepreneur, this guy knows what he is doing. He's keeping his margin, you know, his profit okay, margin high. If he's listening to this, I'm not, I'm not bashing on him. It just, it was so <laughs> new. And I was, I had a salary and it just, that was just kind of loose. Oh, it was kind of layered. Everything in. else that okay. I was doing. Okay. Okay. It was layered in, not a bad guy. It's hey, he just, got you. Your, he, he helped you get your start. I, I'm not. I'm not mad. Honestly, at him. I will give him that for sure. So, um, yeah. So basically, I was managing his properties, and you know, he's a busy entrepreneur, and I was just seeing like ways in which he could improve, and I was just seeing like you know the the lapse in communication, and you know, and I was like, hey, these are some ways we can. So I'm doing that, and then at the time as well, I was renting a house from my parents in East Nashville, Tennessee. And they lived in California at the time. And this is one of their investment properties. So I was renting the front house. They put me in charge of finding a renter for the back house. And that's what I did. So that's I did that for a second. And then but when I was working for for this guy, this entrepreneur, I was like, wow, like he's he's making like a good amount of money. Like this is I mean, I, I was able to see everything. I was able to see the payouts. And I remember I asked my dad, because you know, he was he's the owner of the property I was living in. I was like, and my parents are French, so I call him Papa. I was like, "Hey, Papa, <laughs> I think that you know I should do Airbnb in the back house once the tenant you know leaves. Can I do this? Because I think that this is really going to actually help me save money. I was really living paycheck to paycheck. You know, I was in my mid to late twenties. I didn't know about negotiating, and I was just learning. You know, twenties it's just all about learning. Thirties still learning. Uh, and I know that it's just you're all. <laughs> I'm going to go but... with forties. I'm still learning. It's, 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 it's we're learning always. That's what I hear. Yeah, I just we're just always learning, especially in this industry. So he said no. Uh, he's like no. He's like you don't know what you're doing. He's like you're you have a full time job already. You know I'm I'm concerned that you're not going to be able to pay the rent that the tenants pay now. So no. Oh wow. So I thought, yeah. Papa so we didn't do it. Said, didn't, no. Papa. Oh. I was like, okay. Papa. Yeah. I was like, dang it. So um. So then a year goes by, and I you know homeboy tenant who was awesome is moving out after a year. And I, at this point, I'm like telling Papa, I was like, check out these numbers. This is what I think we could make. I, it was a $700 rent. I, I was, was like, going to say, I can definitely pay you oh, $700 rent. Okay, right. I was yeah. going to ask what, what the, the long term rent was. Okay. Yeah, it was only 700 bucks, and I was like, this would really help me. And I just kind of, I kind of did like a semi little business proposal to my dad, and he's like, you know what? Fine. Like, okay. And so at that time, I was living with my. Uh, well, he's my husband now, but we were dating at the time, and we were like, "Hey, how can we?" And he's he's a musician, um, and so we we're just like, "Hey, how can we like freaking get our finances together? Like, how can we like get ahead? Like, we're always just trying to like you know live paycheck to paycheck, and you know we all know what that's like, and we just wanted a little bit of financial freedom." So Papa finally said yes. We only had two thousand dollars like in cash uh, to like spend. That was. You know, it's still that's a lot of money, but back then that was like everything to us. And we're like, holy crap, we're gonna we're gonna do this. And we took all of our old college furniture and we didn't really buy anything new. We bought a couple things that were new, but we refinished it, trying to make it nice. I know the start story is long, but basically that is how everything started because as soon as we went live in July of 2015, I didn't even have the art up on the walls yet. We were still waiting for that to come in. And Matt, my husband, was like, Don't don't launch it yet. But I was like too eager 
eager. And I'm like, I'm going to publish this. And I published <laughs> it and we got a booking the same day. And, you know, and, that, and that's how, it, that's how that started. My journey started. And I loved hosting. And basically, you know, one of the, one of the businesses that my boss had at the time is he had a real estate team. And, um, and I was, you know, just show, I was doing marketing for the real estate team. That was one of my things that I was doing there. And, you know, all these other realtors had really nice Airbnbs and, you know, they were kind of talking shop and they're like, Hey stuff, like, let me see your listing. It was so tiny. It was so small. And I was like, not embarrassed, <laughs> but just like, uh, okay. But I had five star reviews and like, I really loved it. And I was super passionate. I was trying all these different strategies and they were showing me theirs and they're like, Oh, like I, we don't do that. And we can't, we're, we're not getting five star reviews. Can, can you manage it? And so I was kind of doing that on the side, uh, part time. And it, I had like, that I was managing on the side and after a while like it was a lot of work and I just had that talk with my husband I was like hey like I think this is my opportunity I think I always want to start a business I love hosting like I love love hosting I remember when I was you know I literally remember right now not back house our first Airbnb I was making the bed like putting the sheets on I was loving it. And I was like, man, like, how can I do this full time? Like, how can I <laughs> host full time? And I had no idea. And then it just kind of snowballed. I fortunately had to put my two weeks notice into my boss. And I was like, Hey, dude, I'm going to start my own business. And thank you so much for introducing me to this world. But I want to do this full time. And it was it was hard. But that's how I started. It snowballed. And now today, we're at, you know, 53 plus properties. And I have an amazing team. But Which- yeah, that's that's, That's how I started. <laughs> uh, a couple of questions. Did you get the three properties from the entrepreneur? Did he? No. Oh, really? yeah. Because you're like, I have to raise, I have to raise my prices. <laughs> it, okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was just. It was just a weird. It was just a weird time. It, you know, like right. it's just. It, it's you know, feeling. Some, sometimes feelings get hurt. You know, even though it's so not personal. And I, right? You know, we really enjoyed working together. And I think he was. I think it was he bummed was to, lose to leave me. You, you know? yeah, I get that. Yeah, and I, yeah, because I, I, because I, you know, I like I said, I, I really have integrity in, in, in anything that I do, and I really wanted him to be successful. But it kind of got to a point where it's like, man, I got to take my, I got to take my opportunity now. So sure, yeah. Oh, what a good. That's an epic got, story. Do you stuff. do you still have the do you still have the back house? Is that um, in your portfolio? So, so we moved away. We do have we do have it. Um, okay. It's actually it's our Sumner it's our Sumner Airbnb, but it's, now it's a whole house. It's it's, it's, the, it's the front and the back house because uh, we moved we moved out of that house and now my parents um, they obviously still own it and now it's uh, it's theirs. It's all of theirs and we, we do manage it and it's uh, sweet. Our in house designer. Um, once we moved out, she actually like she made it really amazing. I'll have to share that with you guys. It's awesome. Beautiful. And so Papa, he is like all in on Airbnb now. Papa just invested in his second Airbnb a couple months ah. ago. Yes. And he's all in. And Papa is now like our number one handyman. And he like, oh. he just is always bragging about me. And I was like, you didn't believe in me? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Calling so them good. out. I love it. Yes. Yes. Uh. Yeah, whenever he tells a story to somebody, I'm like, okay, think, I'm glad you're proud of me now. But at first, you, you didn't think I could... I could pull this off. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so good. I and yeah. listeners, I've been tr- like, we, you know, Sarah and I follow Steph on uh, Instagram. And of course, we're like blown away at everything that she does. But I'll be honest with you, everything kind of makes much more sense now um, because we always look at your portfolio. Like, oh, we, Sarah and I know how much work and, um, just like the uh, organized chaos that goes into like hosting and then that many properties. But now the giving us your Starbucks background and then also the art school background really makes, makes me understand how you, how you're doing what you're doing. It, It like, I think that you probably, like you were saying, you probably did learn so much about systems and managing people uh, you know, through Starbucks, and I'm because I I am blown away at the fifty. So did you, did you tear up over time? Like, was it five and then ten? Like, did you scale slowly, or was it kind of like boom overnight? You went from like oh, five so to fifty. Oh, so slowly, okay. so so slowly. And I, I we're, I mean, if you can, I mean, I, 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 there's so many different ways. I'm not saying that the way that we do it is the right and it's the only way. But for me, like, I want to build something. Something sustainable. This is my this is my freaking life. I have a I have a two and a half year old. Um, I want to enjoy my life, 
you know, and I also want, I, I want my, my current clients and homeowners, I want them to be successful as well. And I, I know, since you just said, like organized chaos, like we know how every single property literally is like its own little brick and mortar business in itself with its inventory and everything that I was like, man, and I, I saw some people around me, some, some friends of mine that were, that were starting to do that. And I think grew so fast, these businesses that just would pop up and then they would close because they would take all these clients and they didn't realize how much work it was. And then they would, they, they would just spiral out and sell their businesses. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to sustain the way we sustain is just add little by little, tweak our systems, upgrade the technology when we can afford it. And then, you know, it's just, it's just, it was slow, slow scale. So really we started in 2015 and now we're almost, it'll be five years. And, you know, some people will be like, Oh, you only have 50 something properties. Yeah. We only have 50 something properties. There's, there's companies out there that have way more, but it's just, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, as you know, but you know, managing 10 properties is so different than managing 20. Managing 50 properties is so different than managing 20. And so you have to upgrade your systems as you go. And I think that for me, I, I know people can do it. People can grow really, really fast. And I, I think that's freaking amazing. I just want to be passionate about the houses that we manage. Um, so that means we don't take on everybody. And uh, because we want to we wanna love what we do. And we want to you know, go into... There, there's a difference between going into a property and inspecting it when it's like a property that looks like it's out you know, straight out from the 80s and hasn't been upgraded versus like going into an inspiring property. I want my team to like love what they do as well. And I see that they're way more happier now that in the past couple of years, we've been more selective with our properties and they have more more passion behind what they do. Okay. Is there a magic number you would like your business to get to? Or are you open to just being uh, organic with your growth? I have some numbers, definitely. I mean... You know, a big goal is I would love to be a millionaire one day. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a that's a very very big goal, right? And I've never seen that figure. I don't I don't have any. You know, un- unless somebody has has is not telling me, but you know that that would be a first look in my family. And and I know I know how to get there, and I see I see the you know what I have to do and the amount of, I, I know how many properties equals that number, but uh-huh. I just I just want to do it right. So if that's going to take me. Five years, ten years—that's fine. I just want to do it right. And as we know, <laughs> we, there's going to be so many obstacles that are going to come in, in our way to get there. Um, <laughs> yes. But you know, and we'll see. We'll see. And you, Steph, you do. Let's let's explain to our listeners a little bit. You do not do any arbitrage. Like you do not pay rent on any of these fifty properties. I mean, maybe some of them are in your own portfolio, but these homes are owned by people that come to you for you to co-host their either primary or secondary property. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Okay. And then also within that, do any of these fifty properties are some of them people live in them part time or are they full time? Airbnb or short-term rentals. Um, yeah, so we, um, you know, ba- based on my experience, I used to, we used to manage properties where the owner actually like lived in that the property. Mm-hmm. Um, we stopped doing that. Uh, we will do owner-occupied properties if the owner lives on the property, but like on a separate part of the house, like like mm-hmm. a back house or the front house, just because I, I love my owners, I love them, I love them. But when you when you when you have to start managing an owner, oh, right. it's, yeah, it's it's. I just was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Only because they would leave all this food in the fridge, and I'm like, hey, you, you have to at least follow the checkout rules when you leave your house. And so, um, yeah, so we, we will do we will do owner owner occupied only if it's like a separate part, and we can go into the property anytime. Gotcha. That is yeah, that's awesome. And I I just yeah. want our listeners to because uh, I know that co hosting. Uh, and I don't. Is that what you consider? Would you call yourself a co-host, like Sarah and I would? Um, but I don't know what you would yeah, label I yourself mean, as. You can definitely look at look at us as a co-host. Um, we we do things differently than probably a lot of other management companies. Um, we don't really. Um, we are Epic BNB, and you know we really love to we love our brand and everything. But when it comes to the guests' perspective, we like them to feel like they're dealing directly with the owner, the homeowner, because they own, we actually do share access with the owner and they can see all of our communication. Great. And yeah. um, the, re- the reason why we don't put Epic B&B like, on our Airbnb listings is because you know, when I first started this, I was like, how would I want my property, property to be managed? And I was doing a little bit of research and I saw that a lot of other companies, they will list 
your property under their their company's um, like master Airbnb profile, right? Mm-hmm. So it would just be mm-hmm. under Epic BNB or or whatnot. Nothing, totally nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and I honestly, like, I kind of wish we would do that because it'd be so much easier logistically. But I want, I'm, I'm doing this for my owners. I, it's it's not really what's going to be easiest for me. It's what value can I add to somebody who has their own property? Well, we all know that Airbnb properties or listings are not transferable. And a lot of times, and I, I hear this all the time, people feel stuck with their management company and they're not happy with them, but they don't want to leave them because they have all these reviews. Some of them are good. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some of them are bad, and they would have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. You know, That's create, a great to point to create a new listing. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I may get some eye rolls. You know, there might be other management companies that are going to be like, "Oh gosh, like don't don't say that. <laughs> don't say that." Because I know, again, it's not it's not wrong that you're doing that, but for me, um, so 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 all that to say is that the listing is under the for Airbnb is under the owner's name. Um, and then I will, I will, you know, it'll be the owner name, owner's name and Steph or, you know, and we, we do let guests know like, Hey, you know, we're, when, when you're in town, we do have a local hospitality management company. That's how we introduce ourselves to the guests. Is, hey, we're here for you 24 seven while you're in town. Um, and we're available to you. So yeah, I guess it's a co a co-hosting. Kind of gotcha. Thing. No, that's, that's great. And I, I think you made a good point there with Airbnb. There's been this shift of um, prop. What is property management? Um, and I, Sarah and I talk about that a lot. Of like, what constitutes a property manager versus a co-host? Uh, it's it's it, there's very blurred lines. I think in traditional property managers, it's um, yeah, they don't really kind of understand what we do or how we do it. It doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make sense to them. Or they're afraid of it. (laughs) Exactly. As it should be. (laughs) No, that's Which I'm okay with because it's like you, the property managers, the PMs, they do what they're good at and guest management is, is it's a different beast. And, and I, I love the way you run your business stuff. That's pretty much exactly how we do things here in Columbus as well. I have a question for you. You mentioned that you over time you you evolved your portfolio to have this this brand recognition of being epic. Mm-hmm. Talk to our listeners about how you turn down a client if their property doesn't meet your <laughs> brand standards. If their property ain't so epic. We want to know how you, how <laughs> exactly. you how, or it's it's pre epic. It's pre epic. Totally. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably and that, better, and that, Sarah. You're you're. I would, I would yeah. throw. Yep, not yeah. epic. You're out. Yeah, on the way to epic. Yeah, Do better. It's an interesting. It's an interesting. <laughs> trust me, it's super interesting when somebody approaches me and I'm like, "Oh, your property sucks." Okay, so that's <laughs> terrible. But here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I first started, I took on any property because I was starting off. I didn't know, mm-hmm. right? And I had no idea that that if I took on this really old property that had all these things broken, you know, they were really cute and charming, but. I, I learned very quickly in the first two years. It's I was like, holy crap! Like I'm the one having to deal with the brunt of all these things that are broken, right? Because I'm the one that has to hear it from the guest, and and the owner doesn't want to fix certain things. And I, it just got to a point where I'm like, I'm not setting myself up for success. The owner obviously doesn't understand what success is for a short term rental because they don't want to fix things. And I just I didn't want to deal with that anymore. It was obviously not why I got into owning my own business. So I wanted to have a little bit more, you know, preventative control of hey, like. How can we? How can I enjoy doing what I'm doing? Um, and so, really, when I when I talk to a client, so I, I, we have our epic standards. And the only thing that I loved about when the super host status, or I'm sorry, the Airbnb Plus program came out, mm-hmm. the only thing I was like loved about that is that they had their that hundred point checklist, and that literally was everything that that, that was our standard Ooh. for our properties already. Nice. And so we would tell we would tell our, our potential new clients what our standards were, and they would like eye roll me and be like, "Oh, all this expense is like, no, I don't want to do that." And so when that came out, I was able to be like, "Hey, Airbnb is backing me up. Like this is this is the standard." And then everybody wanted Airbnb Plus. That's totally a different topic. We can talk about that another time. But so that so already we have our standards already there, and now we have like we have that backed by the Airbnb Plus. So it's just kind of like see, like it's not just. We're not just telling you to spend more money, but at, at the end of the day, um, what I tell potential clients or my future clients is: Would you stay in your property? Would you pay the amount that you're asking to stay in your property? Because the way that it should be, especially back in 2000, 2015, I mean, the market was so different. I mean, you really could have an air mattress and a and a and a couch 
mm-hmm. and people would book your place. Like, but it's so different now, as as you know, um, that people guests they want an upgrade from their day to day lives. So you have to provide that. Like, how can I provide an upgraded experience that they're gonna look at my listing? A, it has to be marketed well, but you also have to have like an actually nice place um, for somebody to actually pay. Like, they're literally paying you to stay at this this property. So you know that's that's a conversation I have with uh, with people. And and if they're you know if they're not willing to, I mean, I could tell right off the bat <laughs> just having a conversation with a potential client if they want to invest in their property or not. And it doesn't have to be super expensive. It doesn't have to be a large property, but they have to, they have to kind of understand, like they have to be on the same page of, as me when it comes to just taking care of guests and providing them an epic experience. Does, well, does that answer your question? Yeah. Cause Sarah, oh, like, yeah. like Sarah and I all the time were like, do people understand like when you are creating a space, a short-term rental, Airbnb, you are starting a business. You are a for-profit business. Like the very first person that steps into your business is paying you. So like that's where we have to shift. You know, we talk about Sarah and I talk about it all the time. You are now a small business owner. You have to have standards in place. You, you what I loved what Absolutely. you said about would you pay to stay to in, stay the space? in your own space? No, that's such a great like just you know, you do that in life all the time. Like, just put a mirror up to yourself. Like, would you really like pay, like let people, you know, they're going to pay you. And like people ask still like, do you have shampoo and conditioner? Do you have, I'm like, I cannot even believe that you would ask that. Like, of course, you know, like, so, um, <laughs> right. but right. I, I just love that you take that when a part of like Epic B&B, it's like, you're not telling them no, you're basically just putting the question back on them. You know, would you pay? to stay in the space that you're providing. And I think that helps answer answer that question right off the bat. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And that's and that's and I basically am like, hey, these are the standards. Like this is what we know. This is how we really do frame it. Like, hey, this is what we know is going to be successful. So it's going to take this. So whether you come to me with a property that you already have that's already an Airbnb that's not doing so well, we're like, hey, these are the standards. Like what do you need to do to get to those standards? And then somebody can see like, oh, I really do have to do a lot. I don't really want to spend that money right now. So I'm going to chill on how I'm doing now. And that's totally fine. Um, but that's just kind of how we vet, vet that process. So, um, And honestly, if you're, if you're a property, an, another property manager out there listening, if somebody starts to lowball you, <laughs> just, just stick to your guns on what your value is. And, and if you're starting off new, then yeah, you can negotiate, negotiate a little bit. But it's a lot of work. And I'm telling you right now that if there's a client that's giving you, who's not even a client yet, that's giving you like, you know, a bunch of headache at the beginning and trying to lowball you and just like, no, like trying to a la carte everything, you're going to, it's a long term relationship that you're stepping into. It's not like a, a realtor where you sell a house and you're like, okay, bye. <laughs> you know, it's right. like your owners are people that you're, you're literally, they're your business partners. You're taking a percentage of it if that's, if that's your model. So, um, I think just having, you know, the those upfront conversations up front, like, you know, put your standards up there, don't budge and there will be more business. It's a hot well, other than in the COVID nineteen era, it is it is a pretty hot business. So I do and I know I think Annette was gonna go into the whole COVID nineteen thing because we do wanna talk to you about that stuff because it's it's so relevant right now. Your episode's gonna go live in just um a couple weeks here and I and I know that you'll help other hosts, co-hosts, property managers out there. But before we go there, I did want to touch on the fact that you have, you know, you, you're, you're an epic business. You don't do this on your own. You have a team. And so how did you, how did you grow that team? Is it, is it still evolving? Um, are they employees? Are they 1099s? And yeah, t- talk to us about having a team and working in this industry with a team. Yeah, well, it all started, you know, just one one employee at a time. So at ten pro- after ten properties, I mean, I was doing everything. I was doing all the accounting, everything by myself at ten properties. Not everything. not was, turnovers, though, me. right? Stuff. When when did you ever uh, do no, the no, turnovers? No, no, not turnovers. Okay, I did. I did in the beginning when I had like a few properties, but after, like after after like two, I was like, all right, I gotta get <laughs> I gotta get somebody else. So no, not not turnovers. Okay. Um, but before I had great systems, when you know. Back in the day, when I guess would show up and be like, "Hey, this place has been cleaned," like that doesn't happen anymore. But I would definitely go. <gasps> Did that <laughs> yeah, happen? But, Did that happen? I mean, in the very beginning when I was learning, yeah, because it's, just I guess, you know, calendars I've and done it. I've done it, so <laughs> I know how it sucks. So. Yes, this is before I was Epic B and B. This is like when I was. <laughs> it was just me, and it was just like a part time thing. Okay, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. But um, 
yeah. So I was like, hey, the first person I need to get is is a, an accountant because there's so many things that go into. I mean, the money is moving around like everywhere. <laughs> you know, there's the guest money. There's the you got to pay your owners out, and then there's you know the taxes, the hotel tax, your sales tax, depending on what area you're at. So, um, accountant was for me was the most important thing. The, my first person I need to have, um, and that one actually is uh, Christine. She's amazing, and she is uh, she's 1099. She's not salary. She's a CPA accountant. She has her own firm, but she she does our um, all of our books and accounting. Um, and then after that, I just, uh, yeah, I, I basically, it's like, how much do I want to pay myself? Uh, you know, just enough to live and how can I grow this? And then, you know, I need X amount more houses. I can make this much more money than I, I could pay this person, you know, that, that surplus of money. So that's how I kind of grew it. And we have, you know, uh, six, uh, salaried employees. And yeah, I have an operations, uh, ma- operations manager. I have, we have our in, in-house designer that does all the onboarding. An inventory manager. Inventory is such a beast when it's literally fifty plus properties, not in the same area, like not in one building. These are all <laughs> most of them are standalone houses. Um, but yeah, so that's just I just it, it was an organic kind of growth. And honestly, as we're growing, we're also having to uh, just we're constantly kind of restructuring. And so my team knows that what we're doing today is not going to be what we're doing for forever. You know, so. Right. Right, you've got to have flexibility there. So that those six people, do any of them participate in the turnover, or is that completely separate team that you have? That is completely separate. Yes. So, and uh, are you responsible for for finding? Because you said you're kind of all over in different areas. Is the owner a part of that at all, or is that your responsibility to find the the turnover teams for all the properties? Yes, we have we have all that. It's it's somewhat in house. Um, we, when I, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep saying when I first started, when I first started, uh, you know, I, I had this, this fear and I, it's not even like a, I have, I have a hard time trusting anybody, but you know, we know that we know what it takes to turn over and how, how hard it is. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to make sure I was working with like a pool of different, uh, cleaning companies that way. You know, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to like, you know, be in a bad situation where, one person had all the properties, right? They were cleaning all of our properties and it would just, you know, cleaning, cleaning, cleanliness would go down and get bad reviews. And then I'd have to, you know, find one, a, good, a new company for all my properties. So the way that we've done it is we work with like three preferred cleaners that have actually grown with us and they have their own teams. They, you know, we, we kind of, we have our, our system that they work, you know, they will kind of work under our system. And then we have another uh, cleaner who, you know, just recently, they just express interest in only wanting to do epic B properties. And she's actually got a bulk of them. So we're working on kind of a partnership. Um, and I've been very transparent with her. I'm like, girl, I'm so scared to, you know, like what through and like, you're like, Hey, I can't clean your, you know, 40 properties anymore. I'm out. That puts me in a bad position. Right. right? And so we're working on a contract right now as far as, um, and we're very like open about this as far as like, Hey, like, let's just say, you can't leave with that without like a 90 day notice and I just can't fire you without like a 90 day notice. So yeah, I mean, as you guys know, it's, it's, it's hard to find consistent, uh, you know, cleaning companies that are reliable, but thankfully I've got some great ones. I got some really, really good ones that I work with and we don't have that happen where people show up and they have something clean. So, so yeah. Interesting. I love it. I- so Okay, let's. Oh, go ahead and just yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room because yeah. just like you just said, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with a cleaner. What do you feel mm-hmm. like, Steph? What if Nashville were to outlaw short-term rentals? What is that pivot? I know you guys already have. I think some licensing. Can you walk us through kind of your thought process there, and and just I'm sure you and your team talk about that. You know, because Sarah and I get that all the time. Well, what if it gets out? You know, what if it gets outlawed? And we talk about pivoting. So, can you share with us your thoughts on that, and when what the what the market is in Nashville right now? Because I know you guys have gone through a mm-hmm. couple iterations. Yeah. So I mean, that's such a big question, and. Um, Here's the deal is like with any business, you do have to, you know, there's a lot of risk involved like that with laws and legislation. So for me, it's like I'm, I'm going to ride the wave while I can. And the, which I know sounds super like, <laughs> like very, fra- like a frazzled answer. But the thing is, it's, 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 I 
we, we don't we don't know. We don't know what the future holds, right? We don't know. And legislation comes and goes, and they they propose new things all the time. Um, so it really let me back up a little bit. The good thing with with where I'm at today with my properties is in Tennessee, and I don't know about other states, but we have a uh, the state has a like a, a grandfather clause um, where if you've been issued a permit, as long as you're not going to screw up and you know ah. get red flags to get your your permit taken away, they can't really for, for my current clients. They can't really take away their permits. Ah, um, that's clutch. So that's that, awesome. Yeah, that's, okay. that's, I mean, for now. Right, right, <laughs> like right. For now. And so um, now, uh, you know, when I'm talking to new clients or even current clients that want to, to invest, it's really important to have that conversation up front of like, hey, like you're looking for a property. Like it's, if, if you're looking for a property, like you're like in the best position because you're already not like stuck with like, you don't have to work with what you have. You can just decide what you want to do. But it's so important, and I've heard this on other, you know, short-term rental podcasts. Is like finding a property that should ish hit the fan, right? And you you need to you need to like pivot. Um, would you be able to, you know, uh, depending on what your mortgage is, can you get a long-term renter to cover that cost? And a, you know, some of my clients, you know, they they've already come to me and they're like, hey, I already bought a property and I spent you know eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and awesome, like that's a really cool property. It's gonna make a lot of money, but if we're like in these times or like when, when you're trying to look for a long-term renter, like is somebody going to be paying like that mortgage, you know, as a long-term renter. And so that's where it goes in, into the very beginning. Um, and again, that's not, that's not really pivoting, but I think that's super important to have that knowledge when you're looking for an investment property to find the right place that you can, you can easily have a plan B and a plan C. So, you know, if you lose your permit, you can do corporate rentals, right? It's like the 30, 30, 31 plus stay rentals, which there is kind of a market there. For that, but it's not obviously as big as the short-term rental market. And if not, can you do a long-term, you know, a long-term uh, rental? So, what are the the laws in Nashville for what you do, Steph? Like in Columbus, if we want to advertise our properties outside of a platform like Verbo or Airbnb, you technically need to have your real estate license to do so. Or if you want to collect funds directly from, like, do direct bookings. Mm-hmm. Or even collect the funds on Airbnb, you have to be a licensed real estate agent. What are those laws in Tennessee? Yeah, so uh, you have to have your vacation lodging services license. So, um, oh. so we, we ha- we, yeah, we have we have a Tennessee Real Estate Commission, and uh, so VLS does fall under the Tennessee Real Estate Commission. So it is somewhat considered real estate. But you don't have to have your real estate license. You don't have to be an affiliate broker. So that's it's kind of it's kind of unique, right? And so yeah. that's for short term rental. And so if you have your VLS license, which which we have, which I have, you actually don't need to like you don't need. You can, I can have my own firm. I don't have to go through a broker. And so I have my own yes. escrow account. Yeah, under Epic B and B under the Epic B and B firm, and that's for short term rental. Now, when you get into long term rental, which is 30 day plus, that's where that is now considered. Uh, well, it's still real estate activity, but you do have to have your affiliate broker license, and you do have to go through your broker uh, for that escrow account. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally, it does. And it's so great. Like, I, I, Is that weird that I like, love learning about all the different states and how <laughs> they handle this? Because it's just... It's so interesting. Um, I moved from New York yeah. two years ago to Ohio, and it's, it's so different. So... Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's for managing um, other people's properties. Yeah. If it's your own... Right. Like, you right. Know, your own right. Property. Yeah. Listeners, if you are wanting to start your own short-term rental company, if you want to be a co-host, just to know what your laws are so you're not out there doing things that legally you're not supposed to be doing. So Steph, thank you for, for sharing that with us. Yeah, um, totally. And, and it's, it's just, you know, just like in anything, just do it right. You know, get, get, get the education you need and the knowledge. And you can definitely learn as you go. But when you're dealing with other people's money, like you don't, you don't really want to mess with that. You don't want to just willy-nilly it and not do it license and figure it out later because it's just such a headache down the road. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Annette, are you ready to talk about the other elephant in the room? I don't do it. Well, I'm not in the same room with you, so I don't even know what it is. <laughs> and why And why are you not in the same room with me? No, oh, Steph, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, How are you? Let's talk about it because, mm-hmm. you know, about... I don't know. I think it was almost a month ago now. Was it April or May, March 11th when yeah. mm-hmm. it was It was said that this is a pandemic. COVID-19 is a pandemic. And here we are. We're recording this on April 10th. I think your episode will be out on April 30th, 2020. 
how the heck are you handling it, Steph? Give us the holy the, crap. The dirt. Oh my gosh. I was just <laughs> talking to my best friend yesterday and she used to be a business owner and now she works for a corporation. And we were talking about the ups and downs about, you know, being an entrepreneur and owning a business. And I was like, if somebody told me, <laughs> you know, five years ago <laughs> that I would have to go through this, I probably maybe have not would have started a business <laughs> because no, nobody <laughs> knew this was coming. And holy crap, it was just freaking hard. You know, it's, it's yeah. already, there's already an underlying stress just being a business owner and just, it's already always there and just having to, you know, you're constantly figuring things out and that's fine. Like that's like my normal, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable with that and having hard conversations and figuring, we can always figure something out. But when this was presented and I, and I know I'm not, you know, the only one uh, that experienced this, but it, yeah, nobody prepared for this. Like nobody, I even, I was like, I, I was like, what is a pandemic? <laughs> like, what exactly does that mean? You know? And I, uh, it was, it was, it was really, really tough. And I remember I was actually, you know, when they announced that it was a pandemic, I was in California visiting my brother uh, and my nieces. And my brother's also a business owner. He's one of my, my business mentors. And he's like, you know, Seth, like if, you know, if you gotta, if, at this point, they hadn't really shut announced any shutdowns in Nashville, and I'm like, "What is it? What happens if we shut down?" Like, you know, people, people were canceling like crazy. It was, I mean, I know you probably experienced the same thing. It was just like, "What is happening?" And uh, my brother's like, "Hey, if the income isn't going to come, you know, of course, the first thing I'm thinking about, honestly, is my team. I'm like, oh my gosh, are they okay? Like, you know, I I, I will never lay them off, right? Like, this is not. I, 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 I want, I care. My, my team is my family, right? And so I was super nervous about that. And just like, what, what does this mean? I didn't even think about myself at, at the time. <laughs> and, as, and, you know, Adrian, my brother was like, you know, Seth, if you have to lay people off, you got to lay people off. I'm never going to do that. Like, that's not going to happen. And I'm not closing my business. I work too hard, right? And then a couple of days later, I'm having to freaking write an email to my team saying, hey, uh, we've lost about 60,000 plus book, uh, you know, in bookings for, uh, over the next month, you know, people were canceling through mid-April, and I'm like, the income is just not coming in. Like, it's not coming in, and we need to figure this out. And so, I basically agreed to pay them, you know, to a certain date. And after that, I was like, I got to figure out, you know, we can't just close. Like, you can't. We're not like a brick and mortar restaurant that you just like shut your doors and be like, put a note up and say, sorry, like we're closed, and I'm gonna make the best of this, and you know, do whatever. I have to, you know, I have to figure figure it out. I have to figure out what to do in the situation. And I think having only like two days notice to have to completely restructure your business, you know, it's it's it was super, super calming and scary. I tears and I was crying a lot. And I'm not, I, you know, people that know me, I'm very even killed. I don't, I mean, I'm not proud to not be an emotional person. I'm just not a very emotional person. And I don't, you know, I, I just do business and I and I can make decisions without emotion. And so that was really hard for me for my fear to take over, um, completely take over, physically take over, mentally take over. Where I had to take a couple of days there, and I was like, "Team, like everybody, everybody needed, needed an answer from me. What do we do?" And all my owners, what do I do? Like, you know, how 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 can you get people in my properties? Like, it was it was extremely stressful, and I think it took for me about probably a week to like accept what was happening. Um, and to finally kind of get out of that like darkness and be like, all right, like now is like planning time. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So we basically, you know, um, there's really not much pivoting you can do right now. It's not like there's like, oh, well, here's another opportunity. There's really everything that stands still. Um, so yeah, I have to completely change my, my, uh, my management fee structure just tempor temporary, temporarily because. There's only there's a couple of central tasks that have to keep happening. One of them is guest communication. We can't just shut down. Guests are still canceling. Guests are still asking questions. Guests all the way through the end of the year, and so I knew that I had to keep open lines of communication for guests and also for owners because they had questions. And then also we have all these vacant properties now, and that right there to me is is that's vulnerable. You know, people can break in easily and. Um, so I was really nervous about about that as well. Um, and so basically, those are the top three things was property safety, guest communication, owner communication. And I just basically created this little questionnaire for my owners. And I said, hey, you know, in, in, in order to cover the cost, so I could pay my team still like, you know, to do some things. Um, it's going to be 10 bucks a week for guest communication if you want to keep it open. If you want to do a property check, we're going to, you know, check your property once a week for X amount of dollars. If you have an alarm system. We're not going to check it because you have an alarm system. 
Um, every every one of our properties has like ring cameras, so it's, they're all very monitored. And then then I had an idea. I'm like, hey, here's some ways we can make some money. So we had about half of our properties that didn't have alarm systems because the owners never wanted that extra cost. Um, but now they're like, oh my gosh, like the property is vacant. We need to have an alarm system. Um, and so we put together proposals for like ring alarm systems, which I've installed myself. Um, actually, super easy to install. And yeah, we made proposals and we're able to get generate some revenue that way just by becoming alarm installers. <laughs> um, uh, that's so... genius, by the way, because now when you are, <laughs> and I know you will be up and running super successfully again, now you have this added layer of your properties being more epic because they do have security now. That's, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that was kind of like the first two, three weeks. And you know we've done all the alarm installs, and now we have like a we're able to make up a schedule of the owners that wanted us to check their properties once a week, uh, just to, for us to physically go in. And we kind of changed, you know, make, make sure different lights were on and make sure the blinds were closed. You know, we, we basically had to like before we even launched this, uh, we went to every single property in the matter of two days. We just all hands on deck. We're like, hey, make sure they're all all the windows are locked, and um, just because at that at that time, and I think I, I think toilet paper is still. <laughs> Pretty uh, right. the hot commodity right now. But back then, yes. I, was like, I literally was thinking like Airbnbs are a huge target for people that know that they're an Airbnb that need toilet paper. They're gonna break in and freaking steal our toilet paper, oh, <laughs> you know. Guess, so, yeah. um, and also, you know, like we've in the past we've experienced like there, there's so many different forms of security, and you know, owners are like, oh, if I have a camera, then I'm fine. It's like no, like cameras are good for you need to keep an eye on guests, or if you have. A neighbor complain, and if it's a false complaint, you can show your video, you know, your footage. But it doesn't stop somebody from breaking in, and so that's where having a security system. And I highly recommend like a Ring security system or a Simply Safe. I'd say Ring because it's if you already have cameras set up at your property, if you have two or more cameras set up at your property, it's zero dollars additional a month for monitoring. So mm-hmm. why not? Why not do that? But um, so yeah, so that that was. The first thing I needed to do is make sure that I had my bases covered for communication and for checking the properties. You know, I, I, it was really hard. I felt, I felt like it was super heavy on my heart that I had to figure it out for my owners. I felt a lot of an immense uh, amount of pressure, but n- none of my owners were asking me to do this. Nobody said anything to me. They, they were actually giving me a lot of space to figure things out, but I felt kind of like a failure. I felt like crap, like I'm a failed business owner. Like I don't have a business right now. Um, I kind of felt like it was my fault, but at the same time, and, and I realized, oh, it's not my fault. Everybody's going through this. Everybody's having to shut down. But, you know, so I had spent last week really trying to make sure I was doing everything in my power to try to get these properties, you know, occupied. So I, you know, everyone was asking about corporate rentals and the corporate rentals. I mean, it's, it's, Airbnb, it's Airbnb or, or Verbo or, or, or whatever, but, you know, so a longer stay, it's furnished. And so my properties were already listed to accept that kind of booking um, immediately. But the demand for that here in Nashville, I don't know about where you guys are at, but it's just, I mean, it's non-existent. People aren't traveling. It's business, business workers are, there's no, there's no really business to do right now. And then so I, um, yeah, so then I was like, okay, well, you know, there's a, there's a company called Furnish Finder. It's for like, it's for placing traveling nurses. I don't know if you've heard of them. but I had heard, I had heard that Furnish Finder that might be a good option. But it's it's it doesn't really integrate like with our property management software. We literally would have to start you know brand new listings, and, and that would have taken a lot of time. But I would I totally would have done it had there been a demand. But um, after talking to one of the sales reps at Furnish Finder, even the demand in Nashville it's it's not it's not there for traveling traveling nurses. You think that it would be because you know with the state of COVID, and all, you know the apparent the apparent high demand in nurses. Um, it's actually not that high of a demand right now in Nashville. We'll see where we're at in like two weeks, right? Depending on how all of this goes. And when this airs, we'll look back and be like, oh, it got worse. Or we'll be like, oh, it actually <laughs> didn't. So we'll see. I'm curious right, to right. see. I'm excited to like look at this or when it comes out and be like, hey, like this is what happened in two weeks. Because as we know, everything's day by day, week by week right now. So... So, you know, we tried out... But yeah, so corporate rentals, all the properties are, you know, accepting corporate rental-ish you know, uh, types of inquiries. Just the inquiries aren't really there. Same thing with traveling nurses. There's really not that high of a demand. I think Vanderbilt is actually still hiring, but I've heard of a couple other hospitals around here that are actually laying off their nurses because they've 
canceled all these elective surgeries and all this kind of stuff. So they're, they're just kind of waiting around. And then I talked to a couple other long-term property managers around uh, that actually do long-term full-time. And I'm like, Hey, do I, should I, should I hand these over to you? Do you have any tenants looking for places? And they're like, Steph, we don't like we've had, you know, in this last month, they've had maybe one or two tenants uh, or people looking for rentals, but everybody's at a standstill right now. So we'll see how it is in a couple of weeks. We'll see April 30th <laughs> where we're at, but there's really not much pivoting I can do when it comes to getting the properties occupied. Do you have some bookings right now though? We do. We have a couple. So, so, yeah. so they are trickling in. You know, we've found a couple bookings. Go ahead. No, that, no, that's good. So you're not completely like to zero. You have some some bookings and some of the properties, and they're trickling in. They're tr- yeah, they're trickling in. And what I'm seeing is we we did you know we did host um, a couple doctors that were coming from Memphis. Uh, we've hosted a couple people coming down from New York because they didn't want to be in their you know cooped up in their little apartments and they have family here. So that's what we're seeing mainly is people wanting to quarantine here or uh, better here for medical purposes. Steph, are most of your properties or do you have a pretty big um, variety of sizes? Like, are they all epic in size or are, do you have a pretty mi- good mix of one, two, three, four bedrooms? And are you seeing any more movement on a smaller property versus a larger property? Or are you diversifying a larger property and only using one or two rooms? Does, is that playing into it at all? Um, yeah, we have all, all sizes. Um, I'm literally right now in my my one bedroom Airbnb right now, but which is vacant, the front Airbnb. Um, we have we have all sizes. Um, and there, yeah, there's there's not one that's doing better than the other. I mean, we did get a booking for one, like a four bedroom property and it was, you know, three people that were staying there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm not really seeing a pattern or a trend right now. It's just, it's just, this is so new, you know, and there's, I don't really yeah, think sure. we're going to see too many trends right now, or it's going to be hard to grasp a trend because things are changing every day and every week. So. I wish I could answer that better. No, I don't. I'm not seeing no. anything performing better or not. Yeah. In yeah. A, in a non in a non pandemic market, <laughs> do you like and and listeners? I don't know if any of you have been to Nashville lately or even in the past like five years. But when when we're talking non non pandemic, I mean the desk. You know, Nashville is a huge destination, especially on weekends. What does that look like? Does your is your occupancy during the weekends like normally like a hundred percent throughout the whole year? And do you like double your rate, triple your rate? Like, and, and are Fridays and Sundays just madness? And is it two day minimums? Like, talk to us about what's happened in Nashville in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I can pretty much guarantee like every weekend is going to be booked. Um, there may be one or two in the winter time, so our downtime here really starts, honestly, it kind of starts around Thanksgiving because a lot of people are leaving through the end of February. So but yeah, we, we typically will do three night minimums for Ooh, that's properties. Nice. That's nice. Yeah, I know. We I do like three night that. minimums. That's, that, that's like our app. That's what we want, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're, you know, kind of my strategy was is is if we're, you know, from, from today and like if we're like 45 days out, 30 to 45 days out and there's still a lot of weekends open, then we'll go down to two, two night minimum. Um, but most of the time, we don't even have to do that because they'll be booked for you know a three night minimum. And I'm gonna say it, Nashville's party. Like, I'm sorry, everyone's like it's bachelor, bachelorette party central. How do you vet your guests so it's not party central? Yeah, so we have pretty strict house rules, which I know some of the owners at first were like those are too strict. Like, we're not gonna get any bookings, but they're pretty clear up front, and we do let everybody know. Uh, one of our house rules is absolutely no glitter. <laughs> so yeah, um, no glitter. Yeah, yeah no glitter. <laughs> and um, you know, we we uh, we just make sure we have we have, we have pretty strict rules. We're upfront about it, and they're not mean. We're just, we're not like yelling at people, um, but they're very concise, and we let them know that we have exterior cameras. That if there's going to be more than the guest count, we will catch you. You know, some of our properties that are close to. Uh, like like share a wall. We we use noise aware, um, like noise monitoring. So what we know, like, and we don't we don't really ever have an issue with that. And so uh, I, I would say it, it comes to your communication up front. And you know, one of our one of our we always ask, hey, what's the reason for your stay? They don't answer. You're not staying with us. <laughs> we we want to know why you're coming first off. And people are have no shame saying, oh, it's a bachelor bachelor party. That's that's fine. But we do clarify, like, hey, that's totally cool. But like, we're, there's no strippers coming to the property. Like, there's no parties here. 
like just so you know, uh, because that ha- that had happened. I, I don't. I'm not gonna say it was a stripper, but they had. There was a party. There was a party, <laughs> and uh, we don't. We don't want that because a. A lot of these properties are in neighborhoods. I wouldn't want to live next to a property that is having these no. actual parties, um, and we really want to respect the neighborhood. So yeah, we don't. We're pretty upfront about it, and it, it's as you know, it's a fine line. You're not trying to like yell at, at your potential guests. You want them to feel welcome. But there's a way to go about it and just asking them questions and hey, I just want to make sure you read our house rules. Has everybody read them? Great. And you know, and if we ever have like a gut a bad gut feeling where I mean our gut feeling's pretty, pretty spot on with my team, um, we, we won't accept it or we'll just be like, Hey, you know, let's check out the ring cameras tonight <laughs> while they're checking in. Let's make sure it's the right guess. Yeah. Yeah. We uh so some ladies on in my team, like they if they weren't doing this, they'd be like amazing. Uh, CSI investigators. <laughs> be awesome. Yes. Uh, well, um, yes. Steph, do you want to give a shout out to your team um, individually yeah. while you're... I do. I do. Christina, Ali, Bing, Swede, and Rachel. You guys are all amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're at home right now, obviously quarantining, but there's no way that I would be even talking to you guys today or have like an epic... Uh, Epic B and B Instagram, and I gotta give a sh- shout out to Shruti as well. She's um, our social media coordinator. Um, without you guys, so but yeah. Steph, one of my favorite questions to ask any host who comes on who manages you know more than two or three properties is, how do y'all avoid burnout? Do you are do you guys have shifts? Is there like a night guest <clears throat> uh, relationship manager? Is there like a day? How do you guys do it? So that yeah. you're not, you know, glued to the app or computer um, at all times. It takes it takes uh, it takes time to be okay with like <laughs> stepping away. Um, mm-hmm. And every one of my new people that on like they're like they're just away, and I'm and I'm like, hey, uh, we, we 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 do batch communication, so we don't just have somebody just sitting there all day on a computer. We we'll we'll batch our communication. We have different departments. We have the guest communication department. That's Allie. She she manages that. Um, and then we have our homeowner communication. That's that's Christina, and so we really have kind of made departments so that way it's not like one person having to deal with the owner and the guests and the property maintenance. And we have a person that manages maintenance, a person that manages inventory. So I've really gotten to a point where it's pretty well delegated to where it's it's just focused work. So if you can get to a point where you can create like focused like areas of of what we do, that kind of helps with burnout. And I. I'm, I mean, my, if my team listens to this, they know I do not want to bother you on your two days off. I, I tell everybody, if, if I see somebody emailing on their day off, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> unplug. You have to unplug. And they're like, well, it's fine. I really wanted to just do this. Anyway. I'm like, that's fine. But like, don't be mad at me if you're burned out because I'm telling you, like, you don't have to do this right now. Take, right. take the time off. And everybody has, you know, has to have two days off every week. And I, and, um, I tell everybody like just don't don't bug that person. You know, we we try not to do group text. We're doing group text right now because of COVID and it's just different right now, but I just think it's important if, you know, to honor time off, respect if you have if you're a property manager, give that person that time off. Don't reach out to them while they're off. Like let them unplug and tell them it's okay to unplug. How do you handle after 5 p.m. until 9 a.m.? Like, who, how do you handle overnight communications? Yeah. Do you, I know some companies kind of say to their guests, you know, unless it's an emergency, we're closed from 9 until 8 a.m., or is there someone on duty at all times? Yeah. So, we, that is actually kind of an ongoing, we've been restructuring that for the last year. And so, what we're doing now is we have, so when it comes to like checking like the, the, the uh, like non like phone like n- no text when it, when it's just messaging through the platforms, um, mm-hmm. we check we have we have a, a shift from six to eight p.m. to kind of check all the all like the last minute things, uh, any inquiries or whatnot, any you know somebody who's checked in as a question. So six to eight is kind of when we when we do our last uh, shift there, and then we do have a twenty four seven emergency line. Um, it's we we use an app called Sideline where you can share it's one number and like mm-hmm. you can log in you can log in anytime and so we we have shifts on that we just kind of rotate throughout the week who's on call uh, and we use their autoresponder um, feature to say hey if you have an emergency um, we do have like a, an after hours uh, through Answer Force right now um, it's just an after hours emergency line and they 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 deal with very little but it's just like hey if you can't get in here's the backup code. 
it's just very, very simple things like that. Obviously, if it's going to be something major, Answer Force will call us, the guests will call us. And, um, but yeah, we just kind of, we just, that's, that's one thing, as you know, and I know you're, why you're asking that is like, like what, what's the answer? Like, what's, what's the best way to do it? And we're, <laughs> we're honestly still figuring it out. But yeah, we just kind of share, we kind of share that right now during, during this COVID period. I'm the one doing it 24 seven. Just because we don't have very many guests staying right now, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's come a long way with with being preventative, like preventative maintenance, preventative communication. Like we've come a long way that we don't really have people reaching out that much, thankfully. And you and you know and you have such an amazing business. You have an amazing brand. I just think it's great for our listeners to know that you know in our industry it's so rewarding and it's so amazing. And so many of us have left other industries to get into this one. But that doesn't mean there aren't unique and special challenges that just no other industry can even possibly begin to understand. And that is when you're when you're having you you are responsible for someone's stay. Like you know, it's 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 just a an amazing responsibility to have. But it's just I don't know that we could ever really truly figure it out to be perfect. There's always going to be some something to tweak and 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 make better over time. But so if oh, I really it's so amazing, you it's, share yeah, that. absolutely, and it's it's so amazing too that you know it is generally. Uh, a, a newer industry. I mean, mainly for like metro, uh, metropolitan cities. There's right. it's been vacation rentals have been around for so many years, like a long, long time, like in Florida and um, you know mountain areas and that kind of stuff. But um, I just think it's so awesome to see all of these other like sister companies or just company like, like technology companies that are coming up with these amazing solutions for like an overnight mm-hmm. stay mm-hmm. or like oh here's an amazing checklist uh, uh, program. We're, we're we're just gonna we're gonna be starting to use Breezeway. Um, that that is so amazing. So, um, yeah, shout out to Breezeway. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so it's, it's exciting. And, you know, if you've got it all figured out and you're property manager, I want to talk to you, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but we're, we're learning, we're growing where I think it's, I think if you have the gift or if you can try to be a good adapter, then you're going to be okay in this industry, but you have to learn how to adapt because it's constantly changing. Sarah, I think that's where I think that's where we end. The, I think it is the kind of you. perfect uh, quote at the end there. Yeah. You are a rock star. We love what you're doing in Nashville. We cannot wait to stay at one of your properties. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. <laughs> where, where where should we send our listeners to go learn more about you and your business? Yeah, you can go to epicbnb.com. Um, or Instagram, Epic B&B. And we've been pausing on the posting the last couple of weeks, but uh, we'll be getting <laughs> back on it this, up- this upcoming week. And yeah, I hope you guys come visit us in Nashville. Awesome. I love Thank it. Thank you so much. Lis- Listeners, right, I awesome. am. <laughs> I'm Sarah Karakayan. I'm Annette Grant. And together we are... Thanks, Thanks for, for visiting. visiting. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers. We've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember, sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.